Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zoner. I'm Zoo. And how quickly we go from four to two. Yeah, I think we kind of broke things last week by having all four of us on at once. And now, like, we got Colin fleeing the country, uh, going to Italy. I think he's got some mafia ties going on there. Um, probably doing IT work for him. Um, and Schmitty, I don't know, Plague? Is that what happened to him? Is Plague just got the better of him? I was going to think that maybe Schmitty killed Colin with the Plague. That does make sense. It's a twofer. It is. It is. Otherwise, yeah. No, not much else is changing there. Um, so, sorry, you're stuck with just the two of us. Right? But we can make it if we try. <laughs> oh, are you? Is this the Will Smith version? No. Okay. No, I I don't do the the hip hop remixes of classic. But it's him singing to his son. But it's not as good. I, I'm sorry, it's not as good. And his son is crazy. Um, his hey, son is freaking insane i almost said a bad word but yeah he is insane uh shout out to our friends over at truckradio.net kryptonradio.com stitcher.com radio kscr and geek factor radio yes we still have friends which is nice do we have any friends that decided to tell us anything this week about one of our shows nope we do not so we don't have those kinds of friends nope we do have other kinds of friends, though, the kind that like to give us money to say thanks for doing an awesome job. Mm-hmm. And so we want to give a quick shout out to those guys over on Patreon who support us. If you would like to support us on Patreon, you can do so. Go to patreon.com slash stolen droids. All right. So oh, things have changed slightly. I'm in a new location. You are. You have a fireplace behind you, a wood-burning stove, actually, it looks like. Yeah, I hate this thing. And, you know, I do like I do like your artwork you have on the wall. You know, you got the Batman number one, and uh, it's a picture, not the actual Batman number one. Looks uh, like some Captain America stuff. No, no, there, no it's Man. totally Batman number one. I just used some masking tape. I just taped it to the wall as art. I thought I thought you just taped or stapled it to the wall. Well, I had to tape it because the the thumbtacks had ripped through the page, you know. So oh, that's true. That's true. And with with the tape, you can just fold it over again so it's not sticky and it doesn't rip the pages. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So full disclosure here: if uh, if I ever walked into someone's house and I saw that, I just punch them. <laughs> I, I I just completely no show them right there. Can you imagine? Yeah. I I would I would cry if I saw that. I don't think I could even bring myself to violence. I would probably just curl up and cry right there in their front room. Because there's no real excuse. Like I I went down to uh, visit some family down in Arizona, and my kids were staying down in the basement, uh, which had plenty of room for them. But it also had kind of their grandkids' toy room. Okay. So these were older family members, uh, and when their grandkids come over, they just play in the toy room downstairs. And the toy room was filled with a lot of their kids' old toys. Okay? And one of the toys was the Starship Voyager from Star Trek Voyager. It was around 18 inches long. 
it was like the Kenner toy model with the buttons where the nacelles light up and it says um, really badly digitized lines from the show. And it was just really, really cool. Except one of the nacelles had been ripped off and the battery tray was missing. So it just had a gaping hole and one of the decals underneath had been uh, scratched off and like it just had totally been neglected and practically loved to death. And I can forgive that because at the time, like whoever thought that that was going to be something worth keeping. True. You know, it, yeah, you don't think about that. Like, I think about all of my old G.I. Joes and Star Wars figures that I no longer have anymore. I never thought they would be worth anything. Yeah, I had a G1 Optimus Prime. You know, the die-cast metal I, one? I, I, I did as well. I painted his windows in with magic marker to make him look tinted. Oh, wow, that's depressing. Right? Yeah, I, I had, um, yeah, I had the, the Megatron, the pistol... When he was still a pistol, um, I had the Optimus Prime. I had them all. Um, Soundwave, that was my favorite. Soundwave got loved to death. Yeah, mine did too. Uh, but my point is, is that you can be forgiven because at the time, you know, my relative wasn't going to say, oh, no, kids, you can't play with this toy I specifically bought for you. One day it will be a collector's item. Yeah. Because that's dumb. But if you were to walk in and see a Batman number one or a Detective Comics number one, or anything like that, and they're doing that, you straight up punch them. It is your civic duty. <laughs> you have a responsibility to exact vengeance upon them. Now, you've been over to my house. You've you've seen some of my art and stuff that I have on the wall. Sure. Uh, everything that I have that's framed up on my wall is autographed, uh, either by the artist or... In the case of my comic books, by editors or, you know, whomever. And everything's framed. Everything I am like, I protect this stuff, like, with my life. And so, hopefully, you would never have to, like, come over and punch me. Right, right. Although you probably want to, often. All the time. Because we've known each other a long time. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our episode here. Um, we got some news that's just going to piss you off. There, There is a lot of news this week, by the way. I was kind of amazed just as we kept going and uh, as the as we got closer to recording time. There's, there's a lot of stuff that's happened. Mm -hmm. That's good. Well, um, big one is Google I.O., which we'll get to. Uh, there's uh, more Equifax news. Holy crap. The story um, that just won't go away. Yeah. Uh, and then some happy news as well. Um, actually, I may have oversold that. Um, yeah, no. No happy news. Let's start off with... <laughs> I'm like, why did I say that? I'm looking through the show notes. Is there happy news? Is there something I didn't remember? No, I'm... Yeah, I, I was thinking... Well, I think, you know, the Google I.O. stuff, that's kind of happy. That's kind of happy. Okay. So, let's go into Microsoft first. Weird things happening here. So you probably didn't know this, but Microsoft has a music service called Groove. Yes. If you have Windows 10, and you probably should by now, um, if you go and hit Unless start. Unless you're still rolling Windows XP, you know, early adopters. 
Right, right. Um, if you go in there, you'll find Groove. It's the default music player that no one uses. Yes. I hate it. Yeah. I, I do, <laughs> I really too. Do. I actually loved the Zune player. The Zune software. The actual software for Zune. Not the Zune hardware itself, but the Zune player worked amazingly well. Did it? I, I never used it. It was great. Anyway, um, that's neither here nor there, but people do not like Groove. They don't. Uh, it's on your Xbox. Uh, if you have Forza Horizon 3 or Forza 7 or 6, you can uh, tune radio through Groove. You can make your own playlist. It pulls in anything that's on your OneDrive. It, it's a very by-the-numbers kind of thing Microsoft did. Hey, look, iTunes does this. We should do that, too. Hey, look, Winamp used to do that. We should do that, too. Hey, look, GrooveShark does this, and Spotify does that, and Pandora does this, and they they used it to make their own service, and it was just a joyless thing. It really was. They're yes. recognizing that, and so they are killing the Groove Pass, which is kind of their paid service. See, that's happy news, though, unless, of course, you pay for Groove. Well, if you paid for it, A... Who are you? Um, and why? <laughs> yeah, uh, they'll still honor it. They just simply won't sell it anymore. And this is fascinating to me. Instead, they're moving to Spotify. They're merging Groove Music into Spotify. They didn't buy Spotify. They didn't really enter an agreement with Spotify other than to say, hey, look, anything that we had is now Spotify. Spotify is kind of the uh, the industry leader, we feel, so we're going to bestow the mantle, as it were. Uh, it'll pass on to them. So they they had to have come to some agreement, though, with Spotify, didn't they? I would imagine so. So why does this matter? Why, why do we even care? Well, because typically when Microsoft fails at something, and they're not alone in this, but they're the big one, they simply do away with it. It's gone. You know, and, and again, they're not the only ones to do this. When, uh, when, when Google Wave failed, it's not like Google went and said, ha, we're now going to uh, pass that all over to Evernote. Evernote is now in charge of it all. They didn't. They just said, it's True. gone. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of cool in that they are... Passing the torch, I guess is a good way of putting it. But does this mean so, tighter integration for Spotify with Windows 10 and Xbox? I think it will ultimately mean that. But what does this mean really for the streaming music industry? That's a question that this article poses. You know, if if Microsoft can't cut it, Microsoft is a big boy, uh, not really... One of the companies that I think of when it comes to streaming music, though. Well, and see, here's the problem, is that Microsoft should have gotten in on the ground floor when iTunes kicked off. When iTunes yes, first they, came out. They should have. Because but they failed. That was when it was still <laughs> profitable. Yes. Having a music store now is not really profitable. Unless you are purpose-built specifically for that particular service, like Pandora, like Spotify, like any of them then there's no point in getting into it. iTunes is very quickly figuring that out. Yeah. 
The only reason anyone uses the Apple Music Pass is because they bought into the iTunes ecosystem years ago. Yeah. That's the only reason. So, I hate that ecosystem, by uh, the way. Oh, oh, I know. And, and many of the people who are trapped in it also hate it. Yes. It's, it's a love-hate relation. It was kind of like Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the abused wife in the trailer park on Saturday night at 8 o'clock when you're watching Cops. Don't take him! I love him! <laughs> it, that, that'll actually be the next version of iOS, codenamed Stockholm. Um Oh, I'm going to laugh so hard if that turns out to be true. That would be epic. Um, so, again, this is really, really kind of cool to see them do this. I expect that we will see things integrated a lot tighter, uh, which would be very awesome if you have a Spotify playlist that you just love and you can spin it up while you're playing Minecraft or playing Forza or whatever, you know? This is this is yeah. good news. This is good. Also interesting is they've announced in their Insider program that they are relaunching the Microsoft Aero Launcher for Android. And I just downloaded the preview and I've been using it today. Uh, We'll get into that here in a second. And also they're bringing Edge to Android and iOS. That's awesome. I know, I know, people don't agree. I don't care. I use nothing but Edge now. Except on my phone, because I use an Android. So, by default, I can either use the Samsung browser, or I can use Chrome. And I use Chrome well, on my phone. There's there's a lot of other options out there for Android. I mean, None of them are really good. Firefox is pretty good, I've heard. Not that I've used it. I actually use the default Samsung browser, because it's really fast on Android. Yes. Or, excuse me, it's really fast on the Galaxy S7. Yeah. No, no, and you're right. It is. Um, but so I love Edge. Edge is simply a really low footprint on my computer. Um, it doesn't take much memory, much CPU. It does everything I need it to do. It does it quickly. And and I, I, I understand that this is hard to quantify. I like the way it renders things. I like it the way it does text. I like the – it's just me. I get it. But to have it now on mobile options is quite exciting, unless it fails. Now, on that note, Arrow Launcher. <laughs> is Arrow Launcher failing for you? If it was a year and a half ago, I would love it. It's fast. It's slick. Um, I like the, you know, when you swipe to the... If you go to the left screen, the screen that's to the left of your home screen, so you're sweep, sweeping your finger towards the right from left to right. So I don't know how to describe that. You know what I'm talking about. If you were on the old Google launcher, that takes you to your Google Now page. Yes. On uh, my S8 Plus, it takes me to Bixby. With the Arrow launcher, it takes you into kind of a combination of the two. It's a digital assistant that actually is useful, unlike Bixby. Uh, the home screen is really really nice Uh, it's fast it displays widgets well it gives you everything you need and nothing you don't Um, but it's the app drawer and again if this was a year and a half ago I'd be all over this but unfortunately for Microsoft Samsung's TouchWiz has just gotten so good in the last year and a half that I uninstalled Arrow promptly Wow, that is that is saying a lot coming from you. Yeah. 
Uh, so, I mean, if it weren't for the app drawer, if I could keep my Samsung TouchWiz app drawer and everything else be Arrow Launcher, I would have done that. But okay. So, what what's the difference there between the app drawers? What What is it specifically that causes you grief? Um, so, the Samsung one, I can put all of my apps on one screen. I swipe up or down from the home screen and my app drawer pulls up. Okay. I swipe up or down again, and I'm back to my home screen. Okay. I've nested folders in the app drawer. So uh, let me see here. And I know this isn't going to uh, really help people who are listening very well, but here's my home screen. Okay. okay. He just showed me his home screen, held it up to the webcam. I swipe up. There's all okay. my apps, all of them, on one screen. Swipe up again or down, you know. Okay. There's so so basically, you've just cleaned up your app drawer really nice and made it really really compact by using folders and things like that. Right, uh, Arrow Launcher doesn't even have the option for that. You can do the swipe, but you swipe down, it opens up the app drawer, and everything is on its own line alphabetically. Oh, that's awful. So the A's, the B's, the C's, there is no recently used or most often used. There's a search bar up at the top to help things up, but I can't put them in folders. I can't sort them in any other way. I can't make them a grid. So either I create folders on my home screen, like some kind of peasant. (laughs) Hey, I've got folders on my home screen. Or you just search for your app every single time and heaven help you if it's the WordPress app you're looking for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yelp. Yeah. <laughs> Zillow. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. if this was a year and a half ago, it would be fine. But once again, Microsoft is just a little bit late to the punch. Now, I have actually, I use Nova Launcher Prime and I love it. Uh, but I've heard that the samsung touch Wiz experience or whatever it is it's on the s8 is going to be coming to the s7 here shortly Ooh, if it does you will uh and i i've been tempted to give that a go but in the meantime i keep debating right now i have my app drawer set so that i i swipe up to my app drawer and then i just have a scrolling list of my apps they're icons they're in a grid a, a, a four four icon wide grid but I know that Nova Launcher has the option to add tabs so you can categorize your things and, and whatnot. And I keep debating doing that, but I just don't know how I would categorize them. That That's what keeps keeps causing me problems. So for now, I just deal with a, a giant scroll list and I am good at flipping my thumb. <laughs> okay. That sounded dirty, but I, I promise it really wasn't. It was a little, it was a little dirty. Um, okay, into <laughs> let's go iOS. Let's let's jump from this one and go over into Apple. Let's just kind of cover the big three for now before we get into the really depressing news, shall we? I.e. Equifax, i.e. Yahoo. Yeah, um, that's kind of interesting. Uh, one of the headlines I swear I picked up isn't in here. Anyway, so Apple, they've already fixed the iPhone 8 earpiece static. And we, was it last week we talked about that? Yeah. The earpiece crackle? Yeah. Um, okay. 
That is good to know. Well done, Apple. Glad you got on that. Um, and didn't just say you're listening wrong. Uh, there, there's still no word on exactly why some iPhone eights separate the screen from the body. Yeah, we're we're waiting on that one. That'd be nice to know. Uh, and no word exactly what this update did. If it simply lowered the gain on the speaker, like I suggested, or if it really was just some other software glitch. I bet they just lowered the gain. Probably. We'll we'll figure it out soon enough. I'm sure somebody will have have that answer for us. Mm-hmm. All right, into Google I/O. Let's see here. No, hold on. I'm actually going to go back because I swear there is this hilariously depressing headline that I had found, and I swear I put in our show notes. Yep, there it is. There it is. Oh, and there's another one. <laughs> oh, our oh, our pre-show the, all the productions. Our pre-show production was crap. Apparently, evidently, um, yeah. All the uh, depression right here in one show note. We have even more. This is great. Do, does it have to do with Germany enacting laws? Limiting online hate speech? Oh, there is that, too. Wow. Whoever made these show notes are really should probably be fired. Really, truly. I mean, however much money he's getting for it. It's too much. Too much. Okay. <laughs> Google. Google had their Google I.O., which... Okay, they announced the new Pixel 2 and Pixel 2 XL. We kind of expected that. But what we didn't expect was that they've done away with the headphone jack. They had courage. They had courage. Oh. Um, you know, I, I kind of understand this. I understand why Apple did it after seeing their, their AirPods. I still think the AirPods are stupid. Um, uh, but seeing some of the stuff that Google has done, I understand why they're doing it. I don't like it, but I understand why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. How do you plug an aux cord into your car stereo? I mean, seriously, people. You can't if you don't have the headphone jack. Right. Well, they're kind of banking on the idea that not everyone has aux cords anymore that everyone has bluetooth because everybody drives around in a forty thousand dollar suburban right um or which is the cheap one by the way if, if you want to go what i do and i, I have a 17 dollar bluetooth accessory that plugs into my aux port oh that's clever yep it also has a built-in I, microphone and a, a button so i can just answer calls that way oh that's pretty cool Way cheaper than buying a new car. Anyway, that's neither I, I, here nor I'm, there. I'm pretty sure that Apple is going to start selling those, and I, I won't be surprised if Google starts as well. How come they haven't? I, mine is a Belkin. And, I don't know. And I kid you not, it was like $17. Anyway, anyway. Um, instead, they launched their new headphones, which directly go up against the AirPods. These ones are a little bit bulkier. They um, They look a little bit funny, in my opinion. Part of the reason is because they have a touch interface on the outside of the earbuds. 
So you can swipe forward, you can swipe back, you can go up, down, you can tap on them. And all that's well and good. Um, but here's where things get really, really cool. Certainly not the price. $160, that's not cool. But what's cool is, and they, they, they showed this on stage, is when you pair them to your phone, and more on that here in a second, you can turn on real-time translating. So if I'm speaking Japanese to you, it will repeat what I'm saying over the over the, the speaker on your Pixel in English. Then, Zoner, you can speak back to me, and it translates back into Japanese in real time. So, I mean, you've got a personal tra- a personal translator there. Yeah. And, yeah, I use Japanese. It's not the most common, but it's pretty common. Yeah, no, I didn't just choose that one. There are 40 different languages. Which is freaking amazing. I mean, this we knew that Google was working on something like this. I think we've talked about it on the show before. Yeah, but not like this. But, I mean, this really puts... The AirPods to shame. This almost I mean, puts Microsoft's Skype translation service that they were working on. Oh, yeah. I forgot about you that. You remember that? That one was more impressive, but it almost puts it to shame because they've launched it and Skype still hasn't. Yeah. But, you know, you look and you see, oh, well, AirPods, they're wireless. It's innovative. Blah, blah, blah. But can they translate your Japanese waiter for you? I mean, Google, I think Google has really hit it out of the park here, assuming that they actually work. Yeah, that's kind of a big one. And also, and this one's a little bit confusing because I've seen reports saying both things, uh, but some reports say that it only works with the Pixel 2, and others say that it works on any Android phone so long as they're running Nougat or above. Now, it's more of an assistant function than it is an actual Pixel function. Uh Uh-huh. So... That may be where people are getting the whole nougat requirement because Google Assistant doesn't really run on anything older. Now, I could see this working on a Pixel 2 initially because that's, and we'll talk more about the Pixel 2 here in a sec, but I could see it initially working on the Pixel 2 because that's kind of what Google does. Yeah. They they roll stuff out to their own to their own phones first, their own devices first, and then six months, a year later, it's everywhere so i could see that happening sure yeah that that would make sense um all in all though i mean that's just it's just cool i hope to see it used more often do you know what i'm saying Uh, like by travelers or like used in in how this isn't really something meant for americans I don't know. Americans go places where they don't speak English. Not within America. I don't know, man. I've been to some parts of like okay. California and whatnot. Let's let's let's, <laughs> let's turn on the racist card, shall we? Let's say you go down to Springfield's Little Russia, and you have your uh, your Pixel Two phone out and your your AirPods or AirBuds or whatever they're calling them. Your Pixel Buds, excuse me. 
And you come across people playing a chess game who are screaming at each other. And it's translating to you. And you whip out your phone to talk with them. They're just going to look at you like you're crazy. Because in America, and this may be an overgeneralized rule, I, I realize that. But in America, we speak English. Yes, I know. Redneck America moment here. That's not all we speak, but typically, if someone is speaking another language around you, it's either because they know you already speak that language, or they don't want you to know what it is they're saying. Like when you go get your nails done and all the Vietnamese girls sit there and talk trash on you. That's what my wife says happens. Well, I've never got my nails done. If she would just stop biting her nails... <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like we're a big oh, freaking, yeah. we're a big freaking country. Over in Europe, you drive for four hours. You're in a different country. And you may have passed a couple countries. And something like this would be great. It really might be great. Here, we kind of run on the assumption that anywhere I go, you can already understand me. So unless one of the languages is like Appalachian slang... Now, I was actually just going to point that out. Or the Dutch Amish. I, I knew a guy uh, about 20 years ago from Backwoods, Florida. Nobody could understand a word that came out of that boy's mouth. Yeah. One of the languages is Creole. The other one is Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> you get the get the Cajun. Yeah. Cajun well, slang. One of them's Jersey Shore. Oh, goodness. I, I, I'm just saying, I don't really think this is a product really meant for Americans. I can, I can kind of see that. Yeah, you, you make a compelling, compelling case there. If I bought these, the only time I'd ever be able to even test that is to ask any of my friends who speak fluent English to please deliberately not speak it to me. I have a few that speak Japanese. Uh, Schmitty speaks fluent Spanish in like four different dialects. You know what I'm saying? We I'd I'd use it when I go to Beto's. So I knew if they like actually dropped my burrito on the floor. Just listen to them as they as they're For those of you not in Utah, Beto's is a Mexican restaurant, if you couldn't tell by the name. And it's delicious. You can get a burrito the size of your forearm. What's really hilarious, and again, if you're in Utah, you're already in the know. You know this. If you're not, uh, there's Betos, Flabertos, Robertos, Albertos. Um, there's like 12 different chains. If they end in E-T-O-S, E-T-O apostrophe S, they're all the exact same. They have the exact they really same are. menu. They look the same. They all taste the same. It's the weirdest thing ever. Rancheritos. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, it's wonderful. It, it's a it's a glorious time in which we live. Um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. It's really cool technology. I hope to see it take off. I hope to see it in more than just the earbuds. I agree, and I think ultimately we're going to start seeing it move over to some stuff. But I mean, we're like we're entering Star Trek here. I know this is cool. I know I'm really excited. The future is now, people. Um. Okay, and to other Pixel 2 stuff. The camera is getting some really high praise. In fact, uh, what is it? What's this test? There's a uh, there's an actual test that can be done on cameras, and the Pixel 2 has just achieved the highest score ever of any mobile camera. Nice. Now, yeah, Google unveiled the Pixel 2 and the Pixel 2 XL. Um. 
And, and we already mentioned that they had courage and they're getting rid of the headphone jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got good cameras, apparently. Um, if you if you're on Google's Project Fi, then you can use an eSIM card where you don't actually need a SIM card to use it. That's kind of cool. That is cool. That is cool. But yeah, it's the camera 12.2 megapixel sensor with the f 1.8 aperture and OIS. So you camera junkies know what that means. Optical image stabilization. Uh, five inch. The Pixel Two has a five inch uh, ammo AMOLED. Is that how you say that? I never know. Yep. It's it's yeah. The five inch screen. Um, the XL has six inch. What's interesting is the five inch is only rocking a 1080 screen, which is not a bad thing actually. In today's world of quad uh, of, of 4K screens, you don't actually need it on such a small screen. You don't. In fact, I would even argue that the six-inch one doesn't need quad uh, quad HD. It's fourteen forty, by the way. When I want to run my battery longer, I turn down the resolution on my eight on my S eight plus. I turn it down to ten eighty, and I can't even tell a difference. Nice. But it doubles my battery time. I'm just saying. I wonder if I should try that. You should. Um, Huge battery. On the Pixel 2 XL, 3520 milliamp hours. That's huge. That that is a big battery. 2700 on the on the Pixel 2. Yeah. Uh, And the XL will start at uh, about $850. The uh, the two will start at six hundred and fifty, which is not horrible. Um, if you pre-order, you will be getting a Google Home Mini speaker, which we should probably talk about. Let's do that. Google Home has launched some new devices. The Mini speaker is kind of like the Amazon Echo Dot; is a good analog for it. But then they also released a large one, the Max, uh, which. That's a, it's almost obscene. It's four hundred dollar. I mean, it's it's a four hundred dollar Google Home. Basically, it's got like amazing sound quality. Apparently, four and a half inch woofers, uh, seven or point seven inch tweeters, gives it twenty times the power of Google Home in terms of loudness. But yeah, four hundred bucks—that's a lot. I think Dude, if I'm buying something like this, I don't know that I'm wanting to drop four hundred bones on it. What's really funny is the fact that um, so it has Bluetooth, great. Um, it has Google Cast, okay, good, and it has a three point five millimeter audio jack, so you can't plug your Pixel Two into it, which is kind of <laughs> ironic, isn't it? I mean, I, okay, you can cast to it, and you can use Bluetooth, and that's what they really intend for it. I just find it funny. Now, it does have um, an onboard uh, digital processor, so it can actually hear its environment. So when it's playing music, it can adjust for it. So if it's in the kitchen, well, like right now, we have the Google Home, and it sits on the counter above the dishwasher. And if the dishwasher's running, the kids just turn it up. And so after a while, the thing is cranked. And it has some pretty good sound for such a small little thing. But 
you can't hear anything else. The kids are screaming at each other for conversation because they're kids and they're kind of dumb that way and they don't realize that maybe you should stop the music or turn down the speaker. Oh, that's such a novel idea. Who would do that? This thing can actually adjust the sound it's outputting to compensate for things around it like a noisy dishwasher. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. I don't know if it's $400 cool. Yes. That that price tag, I think, is... But it also comes with a year's subscription to YouTube Red. Cool, I guess. I'd rather have a year's subscription to Google Play Music. Yeah, I would too. Especially since you're talking about a speaker that doesn't have a screen on it. Right. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But if I'm going to be listening to something, I don't want there to be video with it as well. (laughs) Because there's a lot that you miss. But what if you want to be taking the video? Then you could be wearing one of their new Google Clips. This is an interesting thing. I, I I think right here we're starting to get into like, and we're we're almost crossing that line of privacy versus just practicality. Yeah. Um, okay. So I saw something like this, like in an infomercial a year ago. It was on a lanyard. It was this dumb little looking digital camera. That if you want to, that was always recording, passively always recording, but it wasn't storing any of it unless you hit a button and then it suddenly stores like the last 30 seconds. So if something has just happened that you were seeing that happened out of nowhere that you weren't expecting, you can hit the button and the last 30 seconds is suddenly captured to memory. Okay. Obviously it didn't do real well. That's why they were selling it on an infomercial. But this is basically that, only by Google. And since it's by Google, it's awesome, apparently. At the same time, I can't necessarily fault the idea behind it. I just had to, um, I, I just redid my server here at home. And instead of putting a server OS on it, I put Windows 10. And I added it to my home group. Well, I needed my home group password to do that. So to do that, I had to go to one of my other computers and look up the home group password that was stored on it, write it down and take it back over to the other computer. Well, I don't write it down. I'm not a caveman. I don't have paper or pens. So I took a picture of it with my phone and you laugh honor and no, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm laughing because and i'm sure caveman, users listeners out there are laughing as well but we all do it i i totally do that just take a picture why go look for paper and pen it's like you said we're we're not savages yeah you go back to your google photos <laughs> and i guarantee you you have pictures of receipts and you're sitting there going why did i take a picture of that the answer was so you could remember that's right. Um, and Picture of the parking stall. And that's what this camera's kind of meant for. Yeah. Yeah. Does, I mean, it it captures three hours of, of stuff per charge. So, I mean, it'll let you know when its lens is blocked. It it seems like a pretty cool thing. I My first thought when I saw this is, I don't use my GoPro 
I'm not going to use this. Can I just say something possibly inflammatory? Oh, please do. Okay. Um, how come Google was able to just drop this on everyone for $250 with little to no fanfare or anything? And we're still having issues with police body cameras. Oh, that is inflammatory. Well done. You know what I'm saying? I, I do know what you're saying. This is downright disposable in cost compared to some police body cameras. Yeah. And to be able to passively record three hours. Now, does this do audio as well? Because from what I'm seeing here, it, it looks more like it's just kind of like Apple's live photos. Oh, no, it doesn't grab audio. Uh, but it does have smart recognition features. Um, doesn't use any sort of network connection as well. Um, but yeah, it, it grabs motion photos, which is basically the the format that Google came up with, like it's live GIFs. photos from Apple. It's GIFs. Where, it takes GIFs of your life. <laughs> that's what it is. It's a GIF. You get brief movement around the frame. It's a GIF. That's funny. Anyway, okay, so that's Google News. Yay. Oh, I think I think we have more, don't we? Do we? Oh, Yes, we do. Google came out with their Made for Google program. Oh, you're right. You're right. I completely missed that one. And that's going to indicate whether or not accessories are compliant or not with Google hardware. So, for instance, if you buy a nice set of Skull Candy headphones that are wired, they're not going to be compatible with Google hardware because there is no headphone jack. So they won't get the Made for Google sticker on them. Uh, but... Maybe those Plantronics wireless earbuds that you got will be. So, you know, I thought this is interesting because um, the whole point is to give buyers assurance that what they're buying will be compatible with their Google hardware. And my first thought when I saw this was Google hardware is like relevant for six months and then they completely forget about it and move on to the next thing. Yeah, it changes so fast. The The software or the hardware that this thing may be built specifically to complement may not exist in six months. True, true. And Nexus Q, anybody? I mean... It's a certified Google Duo camera. Duo is no more. Now we're doing Hangouts again. Yes. Oh, wait, we're back to Wave. But Wave wasn't a messaging platform. It is now. We don't care. <laughs> I mean, Google changes stuff up so fast. They they start something saying it's going to be the next big thing, and then they completely forget about it by the time the next Google I.O. rolls around, if not sooner. I just think that's hilarious. They're now coming out with a, a made-for-Google certification. Mm-hmm. That just that makes me laugh. Ha All ha. Right. ha 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 ha. Shall we go into pissy Equifax information? Mm. Yeah, may as well. May Gotta as deal well. with it sooner or later. Okay. You know the uh hundred and twenty three million? No, hundred hundred and forty three. Oh sorry, you're right. hundred and forty three million users who uh were affected by the security breach at Equifax. That number's low. Yeah. It turns out there was 2.5 million more. But on the plus side, those 2.5 million are going to be notified via mail, whereas the rest of us had to go to a sketchy site that we apparently waived our rights on when we checked to see if we were 
actually affected. And it may or may not have given us accurate data. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not really Equifax's fault. As their CEO keeps saying, their former CEO, it really just boiled down to one person not doing their job. They have, what, 255? Is that what I saw? 255 IT people, IT security people? Yeah, but only uh, 225. 225, but really only one person like dropped the ball here. And it had nothing to do with anybody else dropping the ball. It's just one dude. It, it was Bob in security. I mean, that sounds like the biggest piece of crap cop-out I've ever heard in my life. It was Bob. Freaking Bob. I mean, if you're a CEO, you know that crap rolls downhill. Because you you take crap and everybody beneath you gets dirty from it. And it doesn't go the other way. If somebody screws up, that's the boss man's fault as well. Because the boss man should have put people either that were competent or supervised them sufficiently until they became competent at their job. That's what you do. Well, look, he's already been punished enough. I mean, after all, he's only getting $90 million. Um, that is true. I mean, I don't know how he'll live the rest of his days on that one. Well, and Equifax is getting punished as well because now the IRS wants to give them a lot of money and an exclusive contract to act as um, identity protection for the rest of us. I, I don't know how this how this happens. You would think that they've got like some some litmus tests that they go through. And one of those questions on that being, if you are in charge of security, have you suffered a major, major data breach? And if the answer is yes, that should immediately disqualify them. Right. If you have a data breach that affects half of the country's population, there's no way you should even be in the running for that. Yet they just got a, Contract worth seven point three million dollars uh, to um, establish an order for third-party data services from Equifax to verify taxpayer identity and to assist in ongoing identity verification and validations needs of the service. The service being the Internal Revenue Service. Yeah. So we know the IRS is a bunch of a holes. Uh, we know Equifax is a bunch of a-holes. I think that they just, you know, it's the a-hole club, and they're just patting each other on the back right now. Well, uh, things could be changing for us in regards to all that as well, because it turns out the White House wants to change how we are identified. Which I think makes absolutely perfect sense. There's actually... Uh, okay, so... I, right I now, can't believe we all, I just said that. I know, I know. I, know, I, I feel kind of dirty, too. Um, right now, we are all identified by our tax number, if we're a business, or our Social Security number, if we're individuals. Yes. Uh, but really, they, they serve kind of the same purpose. Here's the thing, and we take this for granted because, you know, we, we are, we're living in 2017. But when the Social Security number system was established, it was never intended to be a kind of ubiquitous identification number. Yeah, that, it was not a national ID. That was not its purpose. In fact, um, the people who created it originally said, no, definitely not. It, you should never do that. 
And we just kind of went with it anyway. Because that's what we do. Right. Because there wasn't any other. Well, they want to change that. They want to actually put in place a modern identification system. Which I kind of can't help but wonder, don't we already kind of have that with the passport system? I understand that not everyone has a passport. I get that. But my passport number is kind of like my my federal government version of a state identification number. Now, I've never I've had two passports in my life. I had I had one and then it expired and I got another one that's still valid, but I've never looked are the numbers on the passports the same as they roll over and as they expire or do they issue a new number for the passport? That's a great question. That's a great question, but I'm just saying uh maybe part of the system already exists. That's entirely possible. There's also your driver's license number, but that changes from state to state. And that does, yes. Uh, But, you know, with the way that I have been having my data compromised, I've been, I was thinking, you know, I can't hit the reset button on my social security number. Once it's out there, it's out there. And unfortunately, we're using our social security numbers for everything right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Whether it's online stuff, whether it's applying for a job, regardless, you're using your social security number. And every time you use it, it becomes less secure. It's hard to say, isn't it? It, it really is. That's a lot of, a lot of letters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially at 11.56 p.m. Yeah, see, here's my passport card. I have, I have a passport card, not a book. And I have a very specific number on there. It makes me well, wonder our- if- Aren't you just fancy? I have the regular book because I like to get stamps in mine. Well, not that they do it anymore. The book is actually better because I can't travel by air, which means I'm limited to the uh, continental North America. Anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. They they put you on a boat. That's what they'll do. They'll put you on a boat over to to Europe when you decide you want to go check out the Louvre. Yeah. But, yeah, I've been thinking that they really need to do something with Social Security numbers, and I can't believe that the White House is suggesting this, and I'm saying, okay, this is a good idea. Of course, because I think it's a good idea, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Right, right. The rest of us will get entirely new identification system numbers, and Zoners will be the exact same as SSN for some reason. It, It probably will be. Into Russian hackers. Do we, oh, we can, we can still talk about Russian hackers. We still got to talk about Yahoo hackers, too. But So the NSA is kind of peeved at Kaspersky. No big surprise there. People in the government don't like Kaspersky. But wait till you hear why. Well, we've been talking about this for a bit. One of their employees took sensitive information home. Oh, and, oh, and, okay, so this is from the Wall Street Journal, and as of three hours ago, it was fully accessible. It just went up behind their paywall, but oh, I, I still remember enough bastards. of it. So their employee took sensitive information home, which is against regulation, and looked it up and perused it on his home computer, which was secured with Kaspersky antivirus. Turns out Russian hackers had a way in through Kaspersky antivirus and stole the information. And 
the only lesson people seem to have taken from this is, see, Kaspersky is in bed with Russian hackers. I... That is not the worst thing that happened in this story. <laughs> that is not the point of failure here. Look, I know it sounds like we are always defending Kaspersky left and right, but truth be told, that is not the problem in this scenario, especially when the next headline comes from HP, who didn't just take stuff home. They sent things from the Pentagon to Russia. Some overzealous salesperson in HP Enterprise Services said, oh, hey, you want this kind of system. It's the exact same thing that we use in the Pentagon that the DOD buys from us. It's great. And this Russian group said, really? Can we see it in action? Can we see a demo of it? Sure, not a problem. Let me send it all over to you. Now, remember, this is what we use in the DOD, so you know it's good. Oh, goodness. Oh, that's embarrassing. What the actual crap, HP? So what was the fallout from that? Um, we're all screwed. <laughs> oh, goodness. Isn't that just fun? That's just fun. You know, I've I've got a, a degree in IT security, which is funny because I've never actually used it in the real world, but I do have that degree. I have the knowledge and, and the background, and I understand that this stuff is changing all the time and stuff, so I'm probably pretty useless in it now. However, one of the first things that they teach you in the classes is you're sitting in the university and learning about IT security is you've got to secure your people. And in both these instances, that did not happen. The people were not secured. You don't take sensitive data to an insensitive machine. You don't send sensitive data to an insensitive company. I mean, it's just... Stupid. Let's say insecure, because insensitive makes it sound like they just forgot our birthday. That's true. So, um, all right, last headline. We're going to skip a couple of these because they're just kind of weird. But our last headline will also piss you off. Hey, remember that uh, Yahoo data breach where they said that a lot of accounts were compromised back in 2013? Yeah. What, was it a billion? Yeah, no, it turns out all the accounts. All of so, them. All three billion accounts. Nearly half the population of the world. Or back in 2013, maybe it was half the population of the world. I don't know. Um, it could have been. Yeah, it, could, it very well could have been. Uh, but they were all compromised. Which is, um, I got to say, it's not surprising that the breach was larger than originally reported. Even though the original report was revised multiple times. But I gotta say, I'm a little bit disappointed. Yahoo, you let us down. Yeah. Yeah. If only they had somebody like Equifax watching our backs. 
right? to protect our data. Or maybe HP. Or um, maybe HP. Yeah. Maybe they should hook up with the HP Enterprise people. I'm sure they've got a solution that works. Yeah. Or or, or maybe President Trump because he's excellent at the cyber, um, which I don't think means what he thinks it means. <laughs> All right. Into our favorites. Mine kind of comes out of nowhere here, and I actually found this from another show. It's a website called Snups. S N U P P S dot com. And this wasn't my original favorite that I put in our show notes, but I got thinking about it because I just discovered it this week as Zoner and I were talking at the beginning of this episode. Snups is a site where you can post your collection of whatever. Sounds kind of like Pinterest, except you can put things on shelves. And it is mostly toy, antique, object based. So, uh, like right now, I have a shelf posted and it's my star trek shelf and all of my toys and my models and everything that's star trek based are there and people can comment on it or tag it or link things to it you can post things onto ebay that way it's almost kind of like the ultimate brag fest for your collection or swap meet depending on how you want to look at it um now now, do you take photos of your actual collection and put them up, or yep. do you just kind of collect stuff from around the internet? No, no, this is from this is from your stuff. That's the intent. Otherwise, it'd just be Pinterest. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Um, so you can send people wows or whatever. Uh, people were really surprised by my Star Wars Unleashed figures, which is honor you have more than I do. I've got a lot, and I love them. And unfortunately, they're all in a box. But you don't have the two I have. Which two? I have Boba Fett uh, getting out of the Sarlacc. I've got that. No, you don't, because I have the Target exclusive. I bought mine at Target. What are you talking about? Oh, never mind. Uh, And I have the uh, Yoda attack one. Is that the one where he's fighting Darth Sidious? Nope. It's the one where he's bouncing around. And it shows him kind of ricocheting off of everything and flying at you with force lightning. Okay. Um, but anyway, this is a really cool thing. They also have a mobile uh, app, which is kind of cool. And uh, we may create a group because I've often wanted to see everyone else's collections. I even tried uh, creating a, uh, a album on Facebook and no one else ever posted to it. So this might be something that uh, that we do. That's kind of cool. I'm going to have to check that out. Of course, that means I'm going to need to take pictures of my stuff, which means I'm going to have to get stuff out. Just tell the wife, no, sweetie, I have to. Snups demands it. I, I just I just don't have the shelf space. I had plenty of space when I had an office at work, but now I have a cubicle, and I don't. Anyways, my favorite this week is some awesome news. If you're a Bob's Burger fan... This is like the best news ever. Deadline has reported, and we consequently ran with the story as well, that we are going to see a Bob's Burgers movie come out in 2020, uh, July 17th to be exact, and I am freaking excited for it. This This is really cool. This is great news. This is one of the best shows on TV right now. If you're not watching it, why not? You need to get on that right away. But yeah, Bob's Burgers coming to the big screen. Excellent. All right. Well, that is our episode this week. Let us know how we're doing, what you'd like to see different, what you'd like to hear different. Um, feedback at StolenDroids.com or give us a call 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, 
Faceback, yeah. Facebook. Faceback, uh, I guess I should register that, that now, huh? That sounds uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.